Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, and joining me in the studio today is our Rangers beat man, co-host, godfather of the Ballsy Podcast, Evan Grant. He's looking for applause. There is no applause. No, I was doing a Pope wave. A Pope wave? Yeah. Well, let's don't be bringing that into it. Why? The Pope's having a rough... Yeah, it's a rough year. It's a rough, not, rough week for the Pope. Yeah, let's not bring him into this. He's not waving. What's up, Kev? Well, let's let's look at those Rangers. And, oh, and what's yeah, because they are the talk of the town. They are. You know, they were kind of rocking along, doing pretty good, and then they went out there to the West Coast, and everything just blew up. Uh, well, I don't know about all that. I mean, they played two good teams, and when they play good teams, they tend not to win. They tend not to do anything. They don't. They don't pitch well. They don't hit well. They went to. They they went two and four on the West Coast against yeah. two 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 really good teams. They're not going to pitch well because they don't have good pitching. No. Um, they you know they came back from a five run deficit and won a game. Yep. They uh, came back from a six run deficit and won a game. And on Saturday they. Uh, uh, you know, they were down um, and, and came back and, and had a chance to, to tie that game. And on Sunday, they they had a chance to take the lead there. And for some reason, the guy who's playing the best for them right now decided to bunt with two outs. And, and here was the thing. He tried to bunt on two different pitches. Yeah, he did. On the first pitch, he, he's and, and I, I didn't get into that after the game. But on the first pitch, he did kind of square around. And I thought, okay, you know, he's just he's trying something there. And then he did bunt on a one-one pitch. And uh, listen, let me let me say this: I, I I talked to Rugi after the game. I talked to the manager after the game. Um, the the simple answer is, is is this: the guy hit a go-ahead home run on Friday. He hit a big home run on Saturday. He's among he's basically playing at an MVP caliber level for the past two plus months. You want him swinging away there? Yeah. Um. Odor's perspective was against Tony Watson, a left-hander with a funky delivery. He did not see the ball well out of the glove. Uh, thought that he, you know, he thought he was at a real disadvantage. So he was at least thinking. He looked and saw the defense playing back. Thinking wrong, but he was thinking. Listen, part of the process is occasionally you're going to overthink. And I, I do think he just kind of overthought it there. Um, let, me, let me just say this. But I, I think I think in that situation – he should still have enough – with two outs, he's got to have enough confidence that, hey, if I've got to take something of a defensive swing here and put the ball in play, uh, I don't have to hit a home run, but I'm still an effective enough hitter that I can I can get a base hit. Here's the thing. He's one of the most uh, – his OPS has been one of the best in baseball since, what, since when? July 1st? I go back to the day he was benched in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, and if you go back to that date, it's been among the top five in the American League. And what, what was that day in Kansas City? June 19th. June 19th. Yeah, so it's one of the top five. So you're not going to see any of the other top five bunting in that no. situation. No. Nobody does. Um, and so I think at that point, after after he, he, he you know squares around a bunt the first time, somebody needs to call timeout. 
Somebody needs to go to t- go in and say, "You're not thinking about doing this, are you?" Yeah, I, I you know, and he, I, I think about that, and my my thought is that in the dugout and at the third base coach's box, everybody's thinking, "Oh, he's just <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really, just he's, he's not really, really going to do this." <laughs> no, um, and not only that was the thing you now you showed them that you might do it, and then you do it. Yeah, it was just it, it just such a bad. It was it wasn't a great moment, but it 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 again remains part of the process of a twenty four year old player trying to learn the bunt is part of his game i mean he is and i love the bunt he's a multifaceted player in that regard but with two outs and two guys in scoring position if you don't feel you're capable of driving in those runs against tony watson then what you need to do is work that count the best you possibly can try and get yourself to first base on a walk and then hand the ball, the bat over to Elvis Andrews. I'm speaking of Elvis. He was the one on third, I believe, at the time. Um, I, I think. No, Elvis was batting behind Ruggie. Was he? Was he? I thought Elvis was on, on third. On Sunday, it was uh, Ruggie was leading off. Oh, that's Elvis right. was hitting second. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder hope maybe Elvis would have yelled over something uh, yeah. at some point. But anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's just a small moment. But it, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, it, it is part of his maturation process, and he needs to uh, to realize these things and get it. And, and uh, look, he is he's the bright and shining star of this season, you know, of, of everything that's happened that you could have wanted to happen. Certainly that was one of the things we talked about before the season started. They have to see improvement from, from Odor. They have to see improvement from Gallo. Uh, and 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 an improvement from Mazar for that for that matter they had to see all three of those guys show improvement. Well, Mazar has kind of remained about the same. Uh, Gallo is starting to come around now, pretty much like he did last year. But you could say he's remained about the same. Uh, and Odor has taken off. Uh, and and so to get one of the three, you would like to get two out of the three. But at least you got one out of those three to make considerable improvement now he has to sustain that and I, I like what Jeff Bannister has said all along about that let's okay we've seen it now let's make sure that we we still continue to get that yeah. uh, and uh, and I think that uh, you know because look if he's going to continue to play this way he's one of the top 10 players in the league you know and, and I and I think well I mean you know it, yes it, if he continues to play this way and and what needs to be you know what needs to be said though is that as of right now for the last two month for the last nine weeks essentially he has played MVP caliber baseball yeah you don't expect him to be as bad as he was in the first half and I don't know that you can expect a guy to be uh you don't ex- you never expect a guy unless you've got a completely generational player like a Miguel Cabrera or a Mike Trout to constantly play MVP caliber baseball. No, but it doesn't mean that he can't. Listen, I think it's entirely reasonable to think he's a 300 hitter, a guy who could hit 25, 30 home runs uh, and play good defense. I'll just say that. I, let me just say this. that Since um, since June 19th, which was the day he was benched in Kansas City for being out too late, um. Odor has the seventh best OPS now because he's he's been in a little bit of a of, of a minor slump. He's got the seventh best OPS in the American League. The eighth best OPS in the American League in that time is Joey Gallo. Is that right? Yeah. And and Joey's numbers are better since the the start of the second half, since the All Star break, than than Ruggie's. Um, Joey, right now you have to look at his 
first two full full seasons in the big leagues and say he's profiled as a second half player yeah um and so the thing that he's got to do is be able to pick it up in in, in the first half um but maybe he needs to play some winter ball no 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 he doesn't need to play winter ball joey gallo doesn't need to play winter ball I don't know. No. Well, then he's got to figure out what am I doing different in the second half? Yeah, I'm not. Doing he's got to make half. adjustments. He's got to make adjustments. Um, there's there's no doubt. But I, 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 it's it's the same thing to me. Like we were just talking about on on um, on the Cowboys podcast is it's you know the old thinking is more at bats, more at bats. You know what? You know, here's the deal. He took four days off at the All Star break, came back from those four days off, and was able to clear his head. I don't think you necessarily need to burden a player with, well, let's get you at bats year round. The guy, the guy's facing the best in baseball for for, and he's going to have about 650 plate appearances this year. Then I need to know when you talk about making adjustments, though, why is it that he's better in the second half? I uh, and. and Listen, we're also right now to this point, and I, it, it's important that we know it's two full years. And so to this point, this is the evidence we have. It doesn't necessarily mean that's who he's going to be. But, yes, right. he's got to make adjustments earlier in, in the season. And I don't, know what the, I, I don't know what the answer is to that. You know, and, I, you know, and I, I'm not going to pretend to know that I know either. Uh, I would say – Sometimes uh, when a guy over the course of a season, you know, you're uh, evident. Am I boring you? Yes. That's like a big old yawn right in the middle of that. That's good stuff. Uh, sometimes a guy gets it gets along later in the season. You're a little you're a little tired, and you're a little more, and maybe you're a little more relaxed. And and you know, certainly uh, we know that that Joey likes to take a big old uh, honking swing at every time he gets up there, and and maybe he just needs to. Uh, you know, well, we we know that. I I think he'd be much better served by dialing that back a little bit. He's such, he's he's a big enough guy, and he's strong enough that he doesn't have to take that kind of swing. He's taking a I'm going to hit this 500 feet swing right on on every every time he gets up there, and it's just not necessary. But and, just to point out again, since the All Star break, yeah, um, he's third in the AL in OPS. Um, Matt Chapman, um, who's put himself in the in the MVP conversation, playing really first. well. J.D. Martinez, who is part of the MVP conversation, is second, uh, and Joey Gallo at one at a thousand sixty four is third. So, um, yes, I, I I I don't know the reason for why. And 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 if you gave me a bunch of overlays with statistical pictures, I'm not sure I would even be able to decipher it. But clearly. Um, there has been there's been adjustments that he has made as the season has gone on. Perhaps that is because you know the Rangers have not been in the race, and it's a little bit more e- easy to get comfortable. Um, and teams might be pitching them differently. I I think that's I I think that's an easy narrative to to just kind of fall back on. I think the bottom line is Joey's done some work and made some adjustments. Um, he, he was, you know, there's a hundred point difference in his op in, in his on base percentage right now yeah. between the first half and the second half. He's clearly recognizing pitches better. Why he wasn't in the first half, I don't know. Yeah, he hit, he hit a home run the other day on a on a fastball dead center, you know, and um, you know my my feeling has as I said this before about Joey, why you'd throw him a fastball, I don't know. If you, unless you've just completely lost it and you can't get your breaking ball over your off speed stuff over. 
that you know why are you throwing Joey Gallo a fastball? He will jump all over that because when he he is he was really struggling on that for a while, uh, and so it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward. So. So let's move on from that. So we had the three, the three guys that I thought really needed to to show some progress because these are the this is pretty much the core of their young team. You got one guy who's made significant strides, one guy, who, and then the other two guys have stayed about the same. So I, I, that was really an improvement because Joey had gone backwards the first half of the season. Uh, so uh, although it was yeah, you want to get closer to the microphone when you're talking. No, I, it, for you, I'm either too close or too far. <laughs> oh my away. gosh, I, I hate that I have to keep explaining this to you. How the microphone works, anyway. Uh, if uh, Is this on? yeah, so it, it, at any rate, uh, getting two guys to stay about the same and one guy to make significant strides, I think you kind of count that as a win. I count that as a win. It, better than to have one of them go backwards or two go backwards and, and not get anything out of anybody. Uh, of a, of a, I'm least, just going to put it this a way. leap. I'm, I'm going to put it this way. The Rangers have over 3,000 plate appearances by guys 25 and under this year. Yes. I wrote about that for Monday's paper. I saw that. You know, I think it's an amazing thing that they keep stats on something like that. Um, well, they keep stats on – people keep stats on everything. It's unbelievable. Um, and they're going to end up with, you know, a club record for, for plate appearances by guys 25 and under. They're going to end up maybe with one of the top 15 to 20 totals since uh, really since the advent of the minor league system in, in the 1930s. And the significance of that to me is there's no substitute for experience. And, and yes, you wanted to see big step forward by Gallo. You wanted to see a big step forward by Odor. You wanted to see a big step forward by Mazzara. Um, but you've also seen guys like Ronald Guzman and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. And, you know, you have to include Jerks and Profar in that. Well, you have to include Jose Leclerc is the number two success story. Well, but I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't think he has any at bats this year. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that he is. Uh, you're, you're stuck on that thing, and yet I think that's a fine stat. But my my point is that they have gotten a lot of experience for these guys, 25 or under. Yeah, and of which that, Leclerc is one of those. Yes, but we're talking about hitting, and and and, and that does tend to pay off down the road. And I think that that the important thing is that these guys are in the lineup together and learning the nuances of how each guy takes plate appearances, how each guy, what guys do in certain situations, like that Odor might occasionally bunt with two outs. Yeah. Um, There's no doubt that Jose Leclerc has been, you might say he's the number one success story on this club this year. Well, he he went from, I don't know, I I tell you what, you know, early on when they first brought him up and he had th- such control problems, and, you know, there was a, a, a feeling like, oh, my gosh, can this guy find a strike zone? But his stuff was so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Am I close enough? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, between that and the yawning, it's really been an, an adventure with you here on the on the microphone in the studio. I kind of like it better when you're on the phone. Um, I had a lot of stuff to do last night. I got a lot of instructions on how on what I needed to do about at selling your, my house. At your house? Yeah. Did you really? Mm-hmm. You must have some really smart realtors working with you. Realtor, 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 One? realtor, realtor, and uh, and spouse. <laughs> At any rate, uh, you know I'm not as I'm not as high on Guzman as you are. Um, I, I think that the, he's got some potential. I, I think that his potential is Mitch Moreland like, uh, and uh, and that's okay. Uh, Mitch Moreland's a, a big leaguer, and he was an all-star this year. 
but they also let him go. Uh, and he's he's kind of had he's had ended up with another Mitch Mullen kind of year. So um, I think that's okay. Uh, what does that look for? I have no idea what you just said. What that means. You know, he's he's, he's, he's had, had a Mitch Moreland year in had, that he's played really good defense. And yes, as said, a rookie, as a 23 year old rookie, he's had some ups and downs offensively. Yeah, he is. Well, I, I the, the thing is, is that his his minor league track record is not such to to indicate that he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs. His minor league track record is that he's going to hit 10. But so he's, he's but he's hit more than that. But 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 he but has, he's hit thirteen. He has. I'm just saying that uh, you know there's some promise there. But he's at the bottom of my list. I put uh, Isaiah Connor Falefa over him. Uh, I think that he is. Shown I wasn't some real ranking. Go- I, you're you're really high on Guzman. You I'm really, really high on his defensive ability. Yeah, well, he is a good first baseman. But they but so was Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo was a good first baseman. They they've got potential at first base. Uh, I, you know they need to find they need to find a third baseman. You know we've discussed that about whether Jerks and Profar, because I I gotta believe at this point that Adrian Beltre is not coming back. I I, I don't see it. I'm ninety percent sure he's not coming back. Yeah, the I, the way I look at it right now, I I become less certain of that too. Um, he's really struggled to hit the ball with any authority this year. Yeah, it, it, he looks at times almost overmatched uh and it's he really doesn't sad. look like he's able to, to generate any power with his lower half no no he's just sw- yeah he's just swinging upright it's a it's really sad to watch at times uh, now he, he's still playing unbelievable defense that play he made the other day behind the bag on the run sidearm all of it and, and and got the guy by three steps you know yeah he um he said he anticipated really well there. Uh, he was able to get a first step, and that's interesting because I, I read that, and and, uh, and you know it's interesting because that just shows you this guy. He sees the pitch. That's the kind of uh, hitter that, um, oh gosh, Arlington's Arlington's famous uh, Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence. Gosh, I could not get that in my head. Hunter Pence. That just shows you the the veteran, you know, savvy of that type of thing to to see the pitch, know what the guy's doing, and to already be moving that way. That's just so great, uh, and it's part of the greatness of of who he is and what he's done at third base. Uh, so everything is great, just great, 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 great. Well, he's great. Uh, he's he's great at that, but I just don't. I I really believe that he he will not come back. So if he does not come back, uh, this completely changes. The situation with Jerks and Profar, and you've been the one advocating for the Rangers to trade him. You've said they should dump Jerks and Profar. Uh, dump is not the word I've ever repeatedly. Used. You have said that. I still think that you know if you're if you're in a rebuilding process, I still think that a guy who's going to be a free agent in two years is more valuable to you as a trade commodity than he is as an everyday player. Um, I would agree with that, except for the fact that they don't have a third baseman. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't. Um, I mean, if you were going to play uh, kind of Falefa over there, I would consider that, although he has zero power, uh, and that's a little difficult uh, at uh, to have at third base. You like to have a guy with a little bit of power. Uh, this is there. true. And I, I, I still think that when they get to a point where they are contenders or where they believe they're on the verge of contending, which will likely be you know after the 2020 season, um, so I thought you were going to say after I'm dead. Well, it could be. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, I, I keep going back to if there's one free agent I'm targeting here on, in the foreseeable future, it's Nolan Arenado. Yeah, you, you pump that one. Um, well, oh, excuse me, Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. I think it's, you, uh, I mean, people, you're outside walking in front of the building with a picket <laughs> sign that says trade for Earl Thomas. Here's the deal. Did Earl Thomas not say, come get me? Has Nolan Arenado come to the Rangers and said, come get me? No, he hasn't. And is there like 14 places he'd probably rather go right now than Texas? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think I think that Nolan Arenado is going to end up in a place like, mm, I don't know, Boston. I don't know about that either. Yeah. I think it, I think if, I, if I'm a guy like that, I want to get, make sure I go to a place. Plus, you know, who knows what the new park's going to be like. The new park's not going to be a hitter's paradise. Uh, you don't know that. No, I do know that. I have sources telling me. They're going to deaden that ball. They're going to throw sponges up there. Okay. You know it's ten thirty, Kevin. It's time to talk to Tim Brando. I you've you know you were, you know, you were doing to me a while ago. I'm going to tell the, tell the our our fine listeners this. You were closing your eyes. I felt like I was talking to Johnny Oates again. You did. You were not wanting to look at me while I'm I'm uh, asking you questions and you're answering them. But see, when I close my eyes, sometimes like this, it's to absorb. It's to absorb the words and block out all the visual stimulants. Absorb the words and block out the visual stimulants. Yeah. I, I don't think that I am a visual stimulant. Um, At least I hope not. Well, yes. Um, you're not. Okay. All right. So then we, we've cleared up a lot about the Rangers uh, in this uh, in this podcast. I, I think the only thing that's left to clear up on the Rangers is what guys will they bring up in September? And I don't think that it's going to be really notable because you've got so many, as I'd like to point out, 25 and unders playing. Yeah. Um, and there's no real pitching uh, that's making a push. Uh, they've got to look at Johander Mendez. Uh, he's going to be out of options. They need to look at him. They need to look at Connor Sadzik in some kind of bullpen role, even though really his performance hasn't dictated it. Yeah. Um, but the, on the pitching on the pitching side of it, I think September needs to be more about experimentation with different roles than it does looking at guys who are going to be part of your rotation. Next Meaning year. your opener, your opener. You know, something Jeff Bannister mentioned is could they could they potentially look at once you've got an expanded uh, an expanded roster? Um, could you look at you know having guys go one time through the order and structuring it so that. You know, you have say you have a power right hander to start the first the and, and pitch the first three games, and you've got a guy like Claudio who's the first three innings, then you've got a guy like Claudio who's a funky left hander uh, to come in, and then you've got a, a different right hander to to get you through seven and eight, and maybe get it to Leclerc for the ninth. So I I, I think there's a lot of experimentation this team needs to do, and I, I I've. I've ad I have advocated for experimentation from day one with the pitching staff because the pitching staff was not going to be good, and I thought that it was the one real value that they could get out of this year was to get a real time set of facts about how an opener might work or how a six man a straight six man rotation might work, and, and instead of doing things. Based on theory, I, I think if you're going to get ahead and you're going to rebuild this pitching staff and you're going to try and create or exploit some kind of uh, competitive advantage, you've got to you, you've got to, the experience is is most important. And I don't think the Rangers have done a really good job of 
of doing that this year. Uh, well, that I, all went down the toilet when Cole Hamill said, "I'm I'm not in favor of a six man rotation." It did, and I you know I also think that as well as Giovanni Gallardo has pitched for this team, and as well as Bartolo Colon has pitched for this team, in the larger scheme of things, they give you nothing. It doesn't mean anything. They, they're not. They shouldn't be here next year. They're not going to be. They're not. They didn't bring anything in return. Um, they yeah. don't have futures. I, I, it's those are the kinds of things that I think at this point in time are, are just wasted. Yeah, you know, wasted moves in spring training. I had a long talk with uh, with Jeff Bannister about uh, his feelings about a six man rotation on the record and off the record. I know that he is really intrigued by that kind of thing, and that's something he would really like to do. And I think they just kind of chickened out once Cole said no. You know, and and here's the thing, uh, you know. If you really didn't think you could make it work, if you weren't convinced that this is what we're going to do and we're going to try this, uh, if you're convinced, then you should have done it. Doesn't matter what Cole Hamill says; he's leaving anyway. I right. guess they were they were hoping, I guess, that if he pitches well, we'll get enough back in return. Right. We don't want to screw that up. We don't want to and you take could a chance have, on that. You know, you could have essentially done a six man rotation even with Cole kept. And, and I think that in the long run, these are all theories at this point. But I think in the long run, if you're going to go with a six-man rotation, you hopefully will have like one legitimate, one or two legitimate starters there. Okay, so fine. So you have those two guys and you keep them on a regular rotation. Yeah, and it's the you other guys that. who slide around. Right. But I, I think they just kind of shied away from going whole hog on this, and I, I think this was the year to try this because I don't think that anybody got to the end of of March and said. You know, there's a lot of things that could go right for this rotation. No, oh, no, no. Exactly. Well, and then they should have made the move as soon as they traded Cole. As soon as as soon as they traded, they should have said, "All right, let's, all right, here we go." Let's, and I, I think their this. point, their their feeling at that point in time was, now we don't really have personnel because we had traded. Uh, they felt like they had traded some guys that were late inning options. They didn't know what their late inning options were. I listen. I I, I think. That if there's one, if I'm looking at this club, the biggest regret that I have for them is I thought that this year should have been much more about experimentation on the pitching side. In retrospect, yeah, they didn't find a thing about pitching. No, about particularly not about the starting. Not starting pitching. Now they did in the in the bullpen. They did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but not. You know, I have perfect confidence in this team in constructing a bullpen. I, I have taken shots at John Daniels at times for not going for a, a proven closer. I, th but, I think, but they've I, done a good job uh, putting together bullpens for the most part. Yeah, and, you know, people like to – I mean, to simplify John's perspective on bullpen is there's a lot of good arms, and the the importance is to get them to the big leagues and to, and to let them pitch. It's not about – saying, okay, this guy's a closer. We have to invest billions and billions of right. dollars in this guy. Yeah. Um, and, and so to oversimplify it, it is that basically relievers do tend to fall out of trees. You can't – they're far more unpredictable. Um, guy will have one good year and then will really struggle. Um, Alex and, Claudio. And, and I don't think it's – I don't think it is a bad approach to, to say, okay, this is an area where – what we need to do is gather inventory, and they once again have gathered inventory over the past couple of months, um, and it will eventually sort itself out. I, I will close with this. You know, for me, Connor Sadzik is a guy who has a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He's shown nothing at the, so far to really merit a big league call-up, but there is nothing that says he won't come up here and – absolutely turn it on or next year be motivated and learn some things and and be effective as a reliever and 
With that, I'm going to say let's go, Kevin. I'm not even going to let you say goodbye. Bye. Oh, damn it. See everybody. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.